Hello everyone and welcome back to the top of the card. My name is Scott. I am one of your five co-hosts here on this bi-weekly podcast that's actually bi-weekly this time because we didn't have one last week. Uh, if you want to follow us, I'll get that out of the way right now. We're on Twitter at Top of the Card Pod. You can follow us on all your favorite streaming, sp- Spotify's, all that stuff. I'm never good at saying that one. CT is. He'll, he'll be here in a second. Um, but we're on that one and eventually YouTube. I'm slow at that. But again, I am Scott. I am one of our five here. I almost said four. It's been a heck of a time. Let's get right over to CT. He can save me here. He usually sweeps in. Jonathan CT Martin, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing good, Scott. Excited (laughs) to be talking about wrestling after an interesting week of wrestling. So good good stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a time. It's been two weeks, and Lashley's still champion. Jimus G, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Woke up with a headache, but hey, Uh, it's crazy WrestleMania season. It is. It's for those unaware. Uh, it is busy for us as well. We uh, we run the FPL, the Frontline Prediction League. You can go find that over at Frontline League on Twitter, and there's a YouTube for that and all that fun stuff as well. So th- check that stuff out too. We, we're in the middle of some craziness there. Um, speaking of that, the writing is done by a bunch of us, including Red. Red, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh, having a good night watching Raw while we talk and chat about everything. And uh, beer me. I don't have a segue. How you doing? <laughs> Save the best for last. I'm doing pretty good, Scott. Doing pretty good. Good, good. And for those uh, who who do not remember from last time, uh, that theme song you've heard is by Tino. I'll mention his again. It's Twitch.tv/Tino98. Go check his stuff out as well. Big thanks again to him. And uh, yeah, when when we go uh, weekly, stuff happens. We get uh, like exploding rings that aren't very good and other stuff. And then when you go two weeks, you get a whole bunch of stuff like multiple pay per views happening or premiering and coming up and then you know there's an earthquake it, there's a lot of stuff so let's let's just dive right in uh guys i think we can talk about fast lane that's the big one that happened last night uh yes a lot of people i'll just say from our own discord with the frontline stuff a lot of people were saying this is a placeholder show and i mean let's be honest it is it's a show because it's march that's historically what Fastlane and even the Chamber before it was that, like No Way Out. It was just a stopgap between the Rumble and Mania. But it's part of their thing. They do one every month. It's part of the, the financial stream. They got to do it. And sometimes no expectations or low expectations give you some fun shows. I know for the most part when we last talked about it, we were cautiously optimistic. I think all of us about this one as much as it was really a doesn't need to happen kind of show. Uh, just to go around the table once again, uh, we'll go in the reverse order. Bear me. What did you think of the show overall? Uh, I was not impressed. I thought it was a pretty much a glorified SmackDown, except for the no holds barred match and the main event. Other than that, everything else could have been on SmackDown, and we could have saved a whole bunch of time. Fair enough. Red, what do you think? Same same idea there. Or? Basically the same thing. I mean, I enjoyed the. Uh, Fiend returning, but yeah, the final three matches were basically the majority of what made that show acceptable. Which, when you get that kind of thing, it makes you wonder why you spent the first hour or two on it. So Last night, uh, somebody had said it in our voice chat, all the matches up until the No Holds Bar match just made it feel like one long kickoff, and then the actual main event matches started. GMSG, do you feel the same way? I know you weren't very optimistic about this one in general. Uh, the kickoff was great, and then it went for a dull ride for about an hour and a half, but finished strong. CT, it was all right. CT, you agree with that? 
sentiment? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's pretty much, I kind of see it as like, it was a fine sandwich. The first part, the kickoff was great. Then you got a lot of kind of dull stuff, even if the in-ring action was good. Like, I like the in-ring action of Biggie and Apollo a lot, but like kind of a crappy finish. A lot of just kind of, you know, mediocre finishes, obviously building to Mania in three weeks. And then the final three matches were good. At least the McIntyre Sheamus was really good. Bliss and Orton was fun for what it was. Um, and then the main event was fun. But like I said, I was in voice chat. You know, a lot of this could have just been on SmackDown. I agree with Beer Me. And you would have had like really solid matches for TV. There really is no need for this to be a pay-per-view, even though I think it was perfectly, you know, fine for what it was. Yeah, I, I felt very similar to that. Um, we, we talked a lot, even the, like the Rollins-Nakamura match, as great as that was, could have been a great SmackDown main event. And they could have had the entire Lashley-Miz situation happening here where Miz ducked out for this whole time and Lashley finally got his agreed upon match and you had a pay-per-view win on the debuting Peacock everything like it just seemed like that would have made a little more sense because it's not like Peacock was a new thing when Lashley Miz happened and the amount of promotion they put into that could have been here and instead the WWE champion wasn't even on the show at all in any way it's weird it's weird but not even a tag or anything it's yeah that that's odd when they do that but Overall, I thought it was was very good. Uh, from an in-ring perspective, like you said, did it need to happen? No. <laughs> I think we're, we're all kind of in agreement there. Um, I think uh, one match, the like I said, the kickoff, Riddle versus Ali was fantastic. It was one of those matches where it's going to sell you on watching the rest of the show, but at the same time, probably should have been on the show. Like, it's it's it deserved a bit more than that, being the U.S. title and whatnot. Uh, anybody want to comment further on that one instead of me just going around and around in the circles on that i mean it was predictably good considering who's in it i think it's a reminder everyone can say like oh ollie's ruined buried whatever you can disagree with his booking but like <laughs> still a pretty damn good in-ring talent and like mm. you look at ricochet you look at all the like yeah the booking might be crap but like when they go they're really good so like yeah it was a good match and it's what you expect from riddle versus ollie it's good shit yeah like this Breaking down the retribution was WWE doing damage control. They they ruined the whole gimmick from the get-go. Like, the first three weeks, everyone was looking forward to it, trying to figure out what's going on. It debuted, and when you lose 80% of your matches while you're a big and strong faction, it just kills all the momentum. So by separating them, I think we're going to get a new female that can take over some of the division, a new tag team that's going to do well. Uh not quite sure if Slapjack's going to go back to NXT. I'm not sure he's quite ready for the main roster, but for well, the most part... Splitting them all up, they just kicked Ali out. Yeah, we I have don't no know. idea. Yeah, if they walked out on him. The way I saw it was one walked out, then another one walked out separately, and then two of them left out together. So that's the way I feel like they're splitting up. They're going to do a 2-1-1 one, one oh. retribution is done thing. I'll just say right now, there's nothing indicating that. They kicked him out. Like, they walked out on him. They seem to be all together when during the match they were all yelling at him and chastising him. There's this because they left separately doesn't mean they're splitting. Okay, I'm that, that's my perspective. I'm that's how I read it. Oh, I they do this all the time with heel factions where they do like a temporary split up and then they get back stronger. So I'm just assuming in two weeks they'll be back together for Mania. Could be. Um, I uh, the idea that they kick him out and like. Like you said, 80% of their losses or matches have been losses. This is a good way to go. Like, look, you're a bad leader. We're kicking you out. <laughs> that works well in inadvertently for what it is. Uh, but with 
with that, do they actually split them? Do they go their separate ways? Do they go back to NXT? Do they just disband completely? I don't know. Bermy, do you have any thoughts here? I hope I hope they do disband completely and go back to being their own selves. Like Mia Yim can go back to being Mia Yim. Reckoning can go back to being Mia Yim. T-Bar can go back to being Dijakovic because he is amazing when they just let him go and actually do stuff. I kind of hope that's where they go with it. Maybe Dio Madden can get some time and uh, whoever else. I don't remember who the who, who is the fourth. Who's the other guy in that? Shane Thorne. In that group. Shane Thorne because he's Slapjack. Keep him as that gimmick, though, because that's amazing. Because <laughs> Slapjack rules. But other than that, yeah, I kind of hope they all do go their own way. <clears throat> Maybe find it out, find a success on their own. We will see soon enough, I really think. I mean, Raw's on right now, so there could be some stuff tonight, but you never know. They've been on Raw Talk afterwards. But a lot of people I know in our Discord and online were complaining, saying, well, where is it going to go? It doesn't make any sense when, I mean, it just happened. It's it's weekly storytelling. Let Give them, give them time. Just that's that's all I ever ask for that kind of stuff. So, uh, speaking of weekly storytelling, they did monthly as well with the women's tag titles: Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler retaining with Reginald over Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. And Sasha turned heel by slapping Bianca because reasons. I I don't know, I don't know if it was a heel turn. I yeah. think like it's it felt very Sasha. in character with Sasha. Yeah. 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 I mean, she was sitting there pointing out that she's the rookie, I'm the dominant. So, slight heel, but more, I know what I'm doing, you need to learn from me. But Bianca's coming in as a know-it-all. That's the only way I see it. I'm not seeing it so much heel, but more tweener than... It is weird to call her a rookie when she's not only been in NXT for so long, but she's been on the Raw raw roster for like a year (laughs) now. So, that that is a weird one to me. I mean, you won the Rumble, rookie or not, still did that. I feel like it's just her boss persona coming out. Like, that's what it is. Like, she slapped her. She's like, no, I'm the boss. I'm that chick. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you know, I'm the one that's in charge. All that. All that being said, this match shouldn't have happened. They should have done this after the first match that they had. Like, back to the chamber. There was no reason for a rematch. They lost that that one. Like, why again? (laughs) Jim, do anything that? Uh, they're both their characters are that ego. So, I mean, I think she is turning heel, but it, it's just a, such a slow burn for no reason. <laughs> this could have happened last month. Yeah, instead of face versus face, it's face versus heel with twenty days to go. They could have had it that for thirty. <laughs> like, like, or, like this, yeah. like this match is going to be so good at Mania. You could have had a fire build towards it, and you've just kind of the build just hasn't been there at all and now we're three weeks out and it's a crap shoot it also is weird how they had this kind of like we're gonna team up we got respect you're good okay this is cool this is cool oh you stupid rookie well you're the one that got pinned sasha like I, it's it's weird but again i'm not too quick to Both judge we'll see where they go but yeah uh speaking of weird pins big e defeated apollo cruz to retain the ic title like ct i'll go to you first um, this match was awesome. Like the in ring yeah, craziness, holy crap! Was fire. This match looked like it was fire until the end, which was like obviously a botch, obviously terrible. Like I don't think there's any way around it. But mm. like the match itself was, you know, on fire. I just hope that they have good a good match at Mania at this point because I think they really could uh, 
But yeah, I mean, the ending was shit, obviously. And there's also no point, like, I think you look at Fastlane historically and they, you know, give us these matches that are just happening again at Mania. We've got Rusev, Cena, you know, we've gotten a bunch of matches. Uh, Barrett, Ambrose one year. Like, I don't like that. The big match at Mania should be like, that's their encounter, giving the us time. more kind of dilutes it. Yeah. Um, so, like, from an ideal standpoint, you know, I don't like that they had this match here, but it was good until the ending. Uh, Bear me, I know you were excited for this one as well. Yes, I was really excited. Uh, as CT points out, the match itself really fire, but that ending—I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not—I don't like to assume, but I kind of feel like maybe that ending was a botch because I feel like both of them had each other rolled up, and it was going to be like a like a no contest type thing where each guy had their shoulders down. Maybe it was going to be a draw, but something happened i don't know i don't like the idea of apollo probably getting another title shot at mania after he's lost to biggie four times in a row four not once twice three times four it's just it's upsetting it's and i i the reason i went to you is i know we were talking beforehand about picks and stuff like that for the fpl and the idea like could he lose with his gimmick change and i mean he did but it wasn't definitive at all because he immediately started beating him up so it, it did kind of save face, but again, what's what's the the interest in that challenger when he's proven can't get it done? Yeah, the the match will be great because it was. We saw Big E just go to town on him for a while, but overall, it's a weird, weird thing to build it this way when they could have just saved it and not had this match yet, and the Mania match could have been everything. It's it's easy to be hindsight with that, but uh, Red. What did you think on this one? So I like the whole gimmick that Apollo has come up with. I hate the fact that they did this match so that they can just do a rematch at WrestleMania. I know that had Apollo won last night, it would have been better for WrestleMania, I think. But to have them just have him lose and then well, why does he get another title shot after another title shot after another title shot? Just because he changed his gimmick, he gets another one. This is what, four title shots in the last four months? I don't think he should keep getting it, but well, I, I, think, know, I really think the new gimmick should have made him win tonight. Well, I I know the like the gimmick isn't the reason he got the shot, for one. Like that that's that's nothing involved in how they do the storytelling is that's the reason. It's he earned it by whatever reason. Um, this being shenanigans in the ending. Okay, he deserves another shot. Okay, but it that being the reason for the mania shot is weird i don't i don't like that it, it would work any other time is my thought on it um well let's also be fair we don't know how he's gonna he doesn't right now have the mania shot like they have true. three smackdowns to build like it is shit but like let's be fair at least we don't know how they're gonna get there yeah fully and jimmy do you have anything to add on on this one when the promo package for this match happened i was seeing you going that's better than mania usually they should have saved this and mm -hmm. it the roll-up, it really... I don't know what happened with that roll-up because it was obvious that both their shoulders were down and the ref was just looking at both of them. And I don't know why they just called a no contest Big E retains. Like, that made no sense that there's like, oh, no, Big E pinned Apollo. And if it, they did pin each other, okay, he retains, and Apollo definitely needs to get another shot because that's kind of where this all started with Heyman saying, you pinned the champion in an untitled match. Do it again when it matters. Well, that's... We're, we're there again because they've had that finish before right if i'm 
suddenly remembering it correctly? This happened al already with Big E and Apollo, which started this whole chain. So that actually would have worked in that sense. Or Apollo won it and Big E chases him back at Mania and you rematch that way. I wonder if Apollo did that with the U.S. title last year. That might be it. I could have sworn that's because Heyman was saying you pinned him. Like he, he pinned you pinned oh, him, but right. it didn't matter, right? That's yeah. They've done this before with these guys. It would have made even more sense. Yeah, a but. waste opportunity. Now that said, the sourness of where we're going that we we've talked about that before with matches. The end result is going to be a great match, I hope, with something definitive. So I try not to let this kind of stuff sour it, but yeah, it it, oh, it yeah. definitely can. I mean, it's only five minutes, but oh, I I want more. <laughs> and we're gonna get it hopefully. So speaking of matches, we didn't get. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon did not happen because Shane McMahon hurt himself when he did a flying knee and landed weird and he hurt himself. So he had Elias take his place in a match that I'm sure will be a war room worthy one for our FPL people because that was promoted and not promoted and promoted and promoted and scheduled and not happening, whatever, which was its own level of weird because they just simply didn't put it on the card at all when they said, which of these seven matches is your most looking forward to match? It, it was the eighth all along apparently, but they still pulled it. It was... Uh, they could have just ignored it and walked away, but, you know. Uh, instead, we got Braun Strowman squashing Elias in about three minutes. Which was fine, but a waste? Like, what was that? that that's a Raw. I, I just described Raw. Like, does anybody have anything they want to add to that about it being good or not good? Like, that that was an absolute waste, right? Elias deserves better. His match with Rollins at Money in the Bank, I think it was for the IC title, is great. Yeah. He has potential. I was there. Oh, you were? Ah. I feel like WWE has screwed the pooch way too many times in this show with damage control because they could have easily fixed this whole mic because Elias' whole reason for a match like buttering up to Shane was so that he could be on the Mania card. They should have had a way where Braun looks stupid, have him lose to Elias, Elias gets on Mania for whatever reason, and Shane McMahon and the feud continues. Now, it's still going to continue, but a quick squash was not the right answer in my opinion. Having Elias you... go over Strowman is like having Jinder Mahal go over Randy Orton. That would have been out of That's nowhere and would have damaged wild. everybody. Yeah, but if Shane... I mean, I know AEW just did it, but if Shane used his crutch and hit Braun and made him look stupid, the whole storyline is making Braun look stupid right now, so... It would have taken more than a crutch to stop Braun. They've established that. <laughs> but it I also would have just been a stupid ending. <laughs> yeah. I, I get, I I get think... what you're saying. I like to, to string it along where that was all a ruse by Shane... Okay, that, that to continue the stupid thing. But the thing is, Braun isn't actually stupid. Shane's calling him stupid. He's not really stupid. He's not Otis. <laughs> you get me? Like, that, that's, that, not, that's, that, that's not where they're going with Braun. He's not actually being portrayed as stupid. Shane's yeah, calling but if you're him the, that. If you're the smartest one in the room, everyone else is stupid. Yeah, but don't have so Braun actually be stupid and lose. That would not work. Well, out outplaying them and out like smarting them is not making them look stupid. It just ends up being stupid. Forgive me. Like, the way you said it was have Braun be stupid. No, <laughs> that's, what, okay, I, that's well, what I'm saying. That's no. That's ha have Shane be smart and outsmart him. Okay, then he can call him stupid, even though he isn't. That's still the gimmick. That's fine. I, I, I mean, that, that's this was all a three-minute throwaway. I don't think it was trying to be anything more. To be clear, like this yeah. was meant to be yeah. a quick squash. It was Shane was injured, probably legitimately considering they didn't advertise this at all. I feel like if he wasn't injured, they wouldn't have. Or maybe it was a COVID scare. I mean, we don't really know, but yeah. I mean, I do feel like something was up due to just how strange this was. You would promote this if you really like. I, I don't see why they wouldn't promote more this than after. for twenty-four hours. Yeah. <laughs> 
less than 24 hours. They did not talk about this match anywhere until the kickoff show. Well, I mean, I mean originally it was mentioned on Raw, and then yeah. it was gone. Like, the next day, it was like, it's not on the website. What happened? <laughs> and then SmackDown, they advertised it, and then they didn't mention it anywhere until the kickoff show. So, like, I do feel like yeah. something was up, but, like, I don't know. I think this was stupid. I mean, it was just, it was unneeded. It, but it also was just a squash match. I don't think it was, like, offensively bad. No, no. It was fun for what it was. Braun, it, watching Braun squash people is fun. It's shame Elias got that, you know. But anybody have any more to add on that? Any other better stories that could have happened out I of mean, that one? I mean, the good thing is after this match, the show starts to build it back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jackson Riker should have been the one that got squashed. I was just thinking that, looking at the Wikipedia yeah. thing. Elias is like, no, 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 this isn't what I signed up for. I want to perform. You get in there. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a pretty big COVID risk to put him near Braun. You don't want Braun getting COVID this early before Mania or this late, I guess. I don't know. They're, they're both big COVID deniers. So. This is true. Yeah, and I mean, that could be part of it, too, because Triple H was quarantining. Doesn't necessarily mean he had it, but he was quarantining. So that's Stephanie's brother, Shane. And yeah, there could be some family stuff going on there. So, But let's move on to the next match, which, again, the SmackDown main event, but was actually just a really great match. Seth Rollins beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Look, Shinsuke's on pay-per-view. Who would have thunk it? Jim uh, G, what do you think on this one? Oh, they did things that I did not expect to see, and it was great all the way through. Yeah, that Red, I'm sure you remember this one. Uh, when he went for this kind of flying kick over him, he ended up hooking his one leg on the thigh and then did a reverse back leg clothesline to the back of the head. Like, wh- Huh? <laughs> It was awesome. As someone who writes matches and looks for creative stuff, that was great. What do you think of that one, Red? Uh, honestly, we had talked about Riddle and Ali being like the draw on a kickoff. I really thought this match would have been better draw on a kickoff and the championship should have been on the main title because these two guys put on a clinic. Their match was very good. It was, Even though it was there and no point, it, the wrestling in it was very entertaining. Yeah, I did have minimal build. Uh, bear me, I'm sure you remember this. It was pretty much just Seth Rollins is like, no, nah, I'm cool. You're not. Uh, that That's feud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Because Shinsuke, yeah, Shinsuke came out and then gave Seth Kinshasa on SmackDown and then they just had a match. And it was a really damn good match. Like I said, they were pulling out different stuff that I hadn't seen and... Uh, it was overall a good match. Uh, I think that uh, Seth trying to swing Shinsuke, even though he couldn't, was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, overall really good. And CT will close with you. What do you think on this one? Yeah, I mean this was a great match. Again, like you put these two together, and yeah, I mean historically they've been good. I've actually been there live for their Survivor Series encounter, their SmackDown debut on Fox encounter, which was a short little thing that didn't really matter. Um, but this might be my favorite match that they've had. I just think it works really well. Um, I mean, it's two guys. The story isn't necessarily great. This is specifically the one I was like, oh, this would be a great SmackDown main event. Um, I mean, it was it was good. Good to see Nakamura wrestling, like actually having good matches, because that's mm. something he doesn't always, despite being a great, he can go, uh, doesn't always necessarily go. So it was good to see. Yeah, big rumor about him is he's not motivated and he doesn't really go sometimes. And he seemed it here. So that, that was really That is... Up. That is Nakamura from before he was in WWE. He definitely ah. has those definitely has those moments. <laughs> so that's awesome that he's actually motivated and ready to go. That's that's really good. Um, it's it's not on the Wikipedia page, but I will mention it here. Um, 
there was an Old Spice ad where Joseph Average, Eric Bugenheim, I think his name is, or Eric Rick Boogs, uh, won the 24-7 title in an Old Spice commercial by accidentally pinning R-Truth, and then R-Truth got it back. R-Truth is a 51-time 24-7 champion. What was and his name? Was it Johnny Normal Man? Or Joseph Average. Like there we go. Average Joe. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's in the record books. He's there. Doesn't even have a Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wikipedia page yet. But he's there. <laughs> uh, but that then an actual match happened where Drew McIntyre and Sheamus beat the crap out of each other in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, now, I missed the first half of this. I had a computer problem. Uh, but from what I did see, it was insane. Um, which was to be expected, because they had a Mania caliber match on Raw a couple weeks back, and then did it again here. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think on this one? I absolutely loved this match. It was brutal. The welts, like, they were really hitting each other. It was... It was everything I wanted in a no-holds-barred match. I couldn't ask for a better no-holds-barred match. It was amazing. Good stuff. Red? Uh, I mean, it was a match. I, I, this kind of match, I was bored of just for the fact that it meant nothing. It was a, I get the whole 20-year feud or whatever, but I, the match they had two weeks ago, uh, the no-disqualification match, I liked that one a lot better than this one. Um, I also, but the one thing I did not like is the whole kendo stick to the eye. I, I feel like we did the whole eye, to eye, eye for an eye match thing last year. We, we don't need to go back to it. Now, you say like this match meant nothing. It was like... The, there was nothing on the line, I, you my mean? Complaint, my complaint was you had an opportunity to actually make it look like, oh, Seamus has a shot. When you sit there and you have a 1v1 match... The pay-per-view before our main event, like, you could have had this as a number one contender easily. Like, I felt like that would have made it so Sheamus, oh, he might pull this out, blah, blah, blah. Well, you already announced Drew, so what's the point of having him lose right before main match of title? We've seen times where that literal situation happens, and the guy gets added to the match. So Sheamus had every reason to try to beat him. If it was a number one contender match, he's going to win to make it be one and force their hand. That, I've seen that happen many, many times. So that, that's a reason there. But again, the, the whole personal history of them, like 20 years, to say there's no reason for the match, they're giving you all the reason of personal history. Yeah, is there anything officially at stake? No, but that doesn't negate it, I feel. CT, you want to elaborate there? Or? Exactly, Scott. You hit the nail right <laughs> on the head there. This is like this is what wrestling is about. It doesn't always need to be about a championship. I was with you, Red, going into the match. I was like, this is kind of stupid. You just gave us this match. Like, what's the point? I don't watch the weekly show, to be clear. So if they had the video packages before, I did not see them. Uh, but then they had the video package and building up 20 years in the making. Friend versus friend, really selling you on the history they had and made this match really mean something. And even though I never thought Sheamus was going to win, per se. I mean, it's not even impossible booking-wise that WWE has Sheamus win here. And then they have a number one contenders match later on. It's like Roman and Lashley. Uh, before SummerSlam, and then they faced again on Raw to determine who would be the contender. Um, I, I had no issues with this. I thought it was a fire match, and the story was really meaningful, I thought. And you can tell after the match, uh, with the look like Drew McIntyre's face, like looking at Sheamus, making it a big deal with tons of emotion, mm. uh, this was fire. This was really, really good. To your point, they could have easily had it where Sheamus won. He's like, I deserve to be in the WrestleMania shot, and that's the entirety of Raw tonight. 
right? And they do something with a rematch, and he faced Lashley tonight. Maybe he deserved, like, there's there's ways to go about that with what they have even already done on Raw, which is still ongoing right now, so. I want to counter the whole argument about the 20 years. Like, they faced each other multiple times. Let's say, say this is going to be the last time. Because they advertised like, as, they advertised this is the match. It doesn't matter. They can advertise that, and then four months from now, Sheamus is challenging Drew for the title. Like, well, I, so I hate old. when they sit there and if this was a retirement match, no, this is the last time. No, I said if this is a retirement match and this was the last time they were ever going to do it, like they were gimmicking that they will never wrestle each other ever again because this is the Sheamus' last match. He wanted Drew to be his final opponent because of the relationship. Okay, I get that story, but to say oh they've known each other for twenty years, they grew up in the business. There's plenty of people that grew up in the business for twenty years. They don't have a final grandstand match. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you are right, that, but, but also they do all the time. Like you can believe them if you want or not. You, you're, I mean, we're wrestling fans. We are cynical. You'll never see John Cena again if he loses to Wade Barrett. Oh, he lost. We'll never see him again. Three weeks later, he's back. Like yeah, it's wrestling. But with with this, like okay, so twenty years you didn't care. Fair enough. They're not going to get everybody with that. The sentimental thing doesn't work with that. I in our Discord, I forget who was saying it, but. They were saying, like, there's no reason for the show. No titles are going to change hands. It's like, that's not the re only reason. If all you care about is a title changing hands or stakes that are on the line, you're watching for the wrong reasons. I, I want to see, like, see the competition of it and the actual, like, the storytelling in the ring of a 20-minute match between two guys who know each other so well with that added history. It's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the final time, 10 years running. Like... <laughs> Other than the main event, this is the one match on the card that I felt like properly was like, yes, you can look at it in the context of it they're building to WrestleMania, but this truly felt like a pay-per-view match. Like, this is concluding at Fastlane. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like just a step on the road to WrestleMania. It felt like this was a conclusion to something, at least for me. No. I'll say, other than the main event, that's this is the one match that felt like it truly belonged on Fastlane and like truly belonged on a pay-per-view. I do remember, Red, uh, I, I know you had something else you wanted to say, but I, I was going to say really quick, with what we were talking about during it last night, the idea, like, the look on Drew's face was that was it. Like, it, regardless of if they promoted that way, it seemed like that was their the last hurrah for those two at that level. Against each other, at least. And who knows what happens with Sheamus. He might come back in nine years, like, Edge, right? Like, it, it never say never with, with wrestling, as, as we've all learned. But if it was truly his last ever match, which we also know now, it wasn't. But they could have promoted it. Like, I will put my career on the line against your title shot. Could have easily done that if that was the plan. It, as we know now, wasn't. So doing that would have been a bad idea. But No, no you guys had basically covered everything else I was going to argue back. <laughs> uh, Jimmy G, did you have anything here? We haven't gotten to you on this one yet. Uh, it was my favorite match of the card, other than the main event. Like, it killed it. I loved every second of it, except for the eye thing. Yeah, I missed but, that. Apparently, uh, eye for an eye, too. <laughs> like, but, yeah. Like going through the fans literally, and then the slide was just hilarious to me. Oh, on the the ramp that didn't slide, yeah. yeah. Why didn't you like the eye for eye thing, Jim Because I know Red didn't like it because I don't like similar. eye. Okay, damaging thing. It just creeps me out. And Red, you said you didn't like it because it was like we've been there, we've done that. Well, it wasn't just that one part. Like I've, I kind of remember in someone's promo earlier on the show, like. They said eye for an eye twice throughout the show, and it's like, we, we've heard it before, obviously, it's an old saying, but they actually had a match with Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins that I think a lot of people want to forget ever happened. Or at least I do, because I, I thought it was a horrible finish. They they built up to something that was like, this is dumb. 
And then now it's like, oh, we're going to start mentioning again. I just fear that they're going to try to do it again, but try to up it with fans and whatever. Uh, that's that's similar. I remember when you were talking about Lashley and Miz thinking they were going to an Iron Man match when they kept having their hour-long time limits. Um, I think that that's one way to extrapolate it. But the other side, too, if you're, if you're saying that they want everyone to forget the eye for an eye match, which, okay, we'll run with that. This is them taking that phrase back. And it is just, it's an eye for an eye. It's mano a mano. It's a, a blood feud. Like, it's... To say that they can't use that phrase anymore because it's associated with a thing, it's not like hell in a cell was something people said. It's it's eye for an eye. It is an old phrase, like you said, so they can use it for that or, or not. So, I feel. Not gonna lie, though, that match was fire between Mysterio and Rollins. I just rewatched that, and it's so good. The ending is a little bit dumb, but, like, I love that match. The actual match? Yeah, it was good. Oh, yeah, it was sick. And especially because you didn't know what it was going to look like. And then, like, just you never know. And they keep piping up, like, oh, he has pliers. Oh, the kendo stick. And you just never know where the finish is going to come because you don't know what it looks like. It was good. I really like that match. Hey, you guys want to talk about another weird match? Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. That's a good segue. Um, yeah. Not no DQ, for the record. Let's just say that out of the gate. Uh, but Alexa Bliss pinned Randy Orton after The Fiend came back from under the ring. Uh, crispy Fiend. All burnt up. Sister Abigail, no DQ, and Alexa pinned him with no physical contact by Alexa at all. Like, they never actually touched, I think, once during the entirety of it, which is not surprising considering the intergender they did. mentality. Did they actually? Yeah, uh, basically, when The Fiend finally came out, full standing in the ring, looking at Orton, she jumped down and pushed him into The Fiend. Oh, well, a push, yeah, okay. Aside from that, nothing. And, I mean, yeah. R- he's RKO'd her before. He's okay, hold Nia Jax before. Like, it's not like they can't not, but especially when she's a demon, but is the good guy. And, like, that zombie that came back is the good guy in the feud, for the record. Let's make sure everybody realizes and remembers this. Uh, it's. The, the, when the fire started, I think, Jim and she, you were like a minute or two ahead, thanks to the Peacock versus Network situation that we were looking at. It was. Uh, yeah, it's definitely taped. And. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed everything about it. We were laughing in the right ways. It, but it was also kind of like, eh, that's it. I felt it was like, it was like five minutes officially. Give or take. But they got what they wanted. They brought the Fiend back finally. And that seems to be the obvious thing. Fiend versus Orton 2 or whatever you want to call it. But Jimmy she we'll start with you on this one. What did you think? It was entertaining for the first like couple minutes because the chase and random things falling and sparks and that, but for Randy to not get any offense in. And then I realized this five minutes afterwards and you guys caught on afterwards. How does the fiend attack Randy Orton and not win by DQ? And like, there was no step to the match. Randy should have technically won that by DQ. It, that, that match didn't make sense at the end to me at all. It was all right. The only thing I'll argue, because I honestly was a big fan of this match. I like Alexa, duh. But I like the way that she can turn a character. I mean, you've seen the different faces throughout her career. She's taken this one and created a character out of it, of what she was given. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the only argument I can make for why uh, Alexa wasn't DQ'd is the ref may have been scared. Like, when he did the pin, I don't even think he was in the ring. You just saw his arm from, like, outside the ring. Like, oh, God, I got to do my job. Okay, let me just get this done with and get it out of here. Like, he could have been feared, and that's why he didn't want to go and DQ him because he was afraid of what might have happened. He doesn't have to be in the ring to call a DQ. He could literally just go, 
DQ when Randy Orton run. Yeah, but this is, but this is. I'm not saying it's Undertaker, but natural powers are among us. Like he can sit there and DQ him, and then all of a sudden Fiend's behind him. Like I, I know I'm thinking way too much into it, but this character and this storyline I'm really into. But I'm just arguing for the fact that that's the only reason I can see no DQ because I agree with you. It should have been DQ, but if they don't get it, here's the reason why. I like how we literally have an actual zombie, and we're like, it should have been a DQ. Like, I feel like we can <laughs> yeah. overlook the fact That's that there's an we actual zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we should be able to look over the fact that there was a DQ. One of my favorite tweets was about that. It's like, yeah, we, we banned leg slapping. That's where we draw the line. You know, the sound when a kick is done. And it shows a picture of the fiend who's on fire, uh, like crispy. And actually, I think the, the Fox tweet uh, put out, uh, like, Oh, th- this man is on fire. And I tweeted back, this man specifically is no longer on fire. <laughs> That's <laughs> categorically, no, he isn't. Uh, CT, I know you love this one too, right? Um, I actually wasn't a huge... I mean, I was a huge fan of The Fiend coming back. I think his look is great. I think the match was just a little bit slow. I like everything they did, but it just like... I don't know. You wait, like the lights drops and Orton just kind of stands there for 20 seconds looking around. Like, go a little bit quicker, get a little bit quicker to the point. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like The Fiend's new look. I dig it. Um, I'll, I mean, to be fair, we haven't seen it outside of a purple light. So we'll see how it looks in normal, like, real world. But like, um, I, I dug it. The purple light did look cool, too. Uh, oh yeah it, it, it works worked, it so worked. much better than the red yeah yeah there's a thing about red light i learned this in film school you never really fill the frame with red it just doesn't work right huh <laughs> who knew uh but with with this like you wanted orton to go fast you know who you're talking to here <laughs> not gonna happen but he should have that should have been the thing like get get his hands on her and and rko her and that's it that's all i had to do I mean, the slow methodical is fine. It was just like when you wait yeah. 20 seconds after that, it just like, it wasn't even bad. It's just like wait 10 seconds and then move on. Like, why are you just standing yep. there just like looking over, you know, and do for, a little bit quicker for it being taped? Uh, it, it you, you could have chopped up the timing a little bit there to realize what needs to happen. But I, I've said it many times before. Guys like Triple H have no sense of actual timing in as much as things like that. But they have editors for that kind of stuff. But with speaking of it being taped i find the most hilarious thing about this match because i rewatched when the fiend comes out the thunderdome right there's not live fans there because it's taped so they're clearly just using like a replay or something so no one's actually reacting oh. to anything that's happening so the fiend comes out the zombie comes out and stands up and just no one's reacting they're just all kind of like staring there bored wow which i think was hilarious <laughs> with the sound of, cha- of of cheering fans no less absolutely yeah. uh don't, oh. worry, don't worry Burmy. we're coming to you i know you've got something to say about it um, the last thing I was going to kind of say about this is the idea that this guy is the face. Like, The Undertaker, when he turned, w- was a face. And he's like this mortician, undead zombie that's the good guy. And that's what we're dealing with with Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, in this sense, which is just ridiculous. And the, on Raw, Randy Orton's going to summon the Fiend because, of course, he is. But it's, it was taped. And they could have easily rent. oh, wait. He, we should have had the ref do something. They could have had him distracted. They could have had any number of reasons with a quick three second insert of a ref like being blinded by the purple light or like have him stand in the corner like Blair Witch like he's just like mm, like something goofy weird and silly like horror movie everybody would have been okay with that like th- we're, we're okay with a zombie coming back from being burned alive four months ago but that should have been a DQ because interference happened like th- if you break the rules that are established it is going to be a problem and that's where we've drawn the line which is kind of funny uh, Bear me. I know you, you're you have a different opinion of the look than CT here. Yeah, um, I'll just piggyback off of what you said about the the ending of that match. Yeah, I wish they would have done something with the ref to at least make it so that it, you know, was viable that it shouldn't have been a DQ. 
But yeah, um, the the theme, the look. He everybody for months has been like, oh, when he comes back, he's gonna have this awesome look. This awesome look. He comes out looking like chewed up hamburger. Like, that is not a cool look to me. He did not look cool at all. Like, everybody's like, oh, it kind of looks like Jason from Friday the 13th. No, it doesn't. I don't know what everybody's looking at. I think it's crap. I think it looks like chewed up hamburger. It, don't like it. I mean, you're right. And it does look like that. And it doesn't look super fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll agree there. But it's kind of, in its own way, not supposed to. That's how I feel about it. Because he simply burned. They're not supposed to be some kind of fancy design to it. Uh, it, it had me a little worried though, because the jumpsuit did look a little rough, like not like not put together good in, in the way I'm thinking of it. I, I will say it's kind of funny. The parts that were left remaining on his chest was the direct version that you saw Randy pour the gasoline on and then light. That doesn't make sense to me, but that the part that got direct burn survived of the suit, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see what he looks like tonight, if he comes out full zombie or if he's healed somewhat, because they were even saying, like, what has Alexa brought back? So I like the idea this is not even a complete fiend, like, this is something else, some version, like, there's no Bray Wyatt in it, it's just fiend in a burnt shell. That's... Wrestling! I he is eventually going to revert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably going to revert back eventually. Probably after Mania, he's going to revert back to normal. Yeah, when he steals Randy Orton's we'll soul see. or something, you know, that's... <laughs> I mean, that's exactly. what it, it's going to be a soul and a pole match, right? We should do that. That's a good oh. rhyme. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. Soul and a pole. There we go. I got one last thing because uh, this actually happened either late last night or early this morning. Uh, Randy Orton's wife was not a fan of how Alexa pinned Randy Orton. Uh, I thought that was a very odd choice of how she pinned him. Is, is that me just being weird about it? Yes and no. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, she, it was. She straddled him. But it was also to be able to be in the pose with the fiend, like it was dominance, yeah. But she wasn't like his wife wasn't happy with it. He's an an actor as well as a wrestler, and it's not legit. But we've seen like think back to tough enough when they're always talking about like you're on the road so long. What's your husband doing? Who knows? What's your wife doing? Who knows? Is there an affair? I don't. I don't know. But well, she wasn't we've seen crazier. Well, like we, we've well, seen it come saying, from that, so she has a reason to be like, hmm. Well, she, that's what I was going to say. Could, but it could be too. Yeah, I thought she was trying to sell it. Oh, that too. Well, like, there, there, there's different ways to go about it. But yeah, it's. I mean, all she all she was doing was just get all the clickbait dirt sheets to get her name out there for a new business. That's all it was. There you go. Good on her. I mean, capitalize. That's that's what you want to do, right? So. Clearly, the next match is actual wrestling compared to what that was. Even though, like, we love pro wrestling. That was fun. But Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Half hour for the Universal title. Edge special referee. Uh, this, I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was awesome. Ran, I almost said Randy Orton. Roman Reigns has been killing it with every opponent, doing very different matches, being at three different versions of hardcore stuff with Kevin Owens. Family feuds with Jey Uso, and then the stuff with Bryan about trying to out-wrestle this guy who... Oh, it's almost like he knows how capable he is, and he's he's worried about it, but he shouldn't be. But oh, it was just perfect storytelling. The way Brian started was awesome, just one-upping him so much. I, I loved everything about it. Jimmy, I'll go to you first on this, because you caught something that made me really realize it, and the match continued this way for, like, half of it. It felt like one of those Bloodsport matches, where it was just, like, hard grappling and physicality which was, for these two, great. 
Yeah, since Roman's been back, he's done more of the brawling kind of uh, Brock version, and Dan Bryan's the technical guy, and that's all it was. It was just brawling and technical, countering each other over and over in strength. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I will say it could have gone a three minutes extra because it felt like really rushed at the end. Even though it was long, it really felt rushed at the end. Yeah, I don't that, know why. That ending, because we'll say it right now, Edge uh, attacked both with the chair. Uh, in the yes lock, he got hit, and Roman did tap. The commentary said as much anyway, whether he did or not. He'll claim whatever he does on SmackDown. But th- he broke that up and then hit both with chairs and left, and a new referee came out, and Roman just covered Brian for the win. It was that was the weird part. Anticlimactic. Like, it should have been something, because one more kick out for a spear or a Superman punch is all we needed. Or a counter yeah, into it- a roll-up. Something more than that, because... That is Edge, like, taking away the match from Brian, which there's the rumor now of a three-way, which I, I didn't think. But with a tap out and costing him the match, yeah, I can kind of see it. But the match itself, for if it was a 30-minute match, for those 29 minutes and 57 seconds was amazing. That ending was weird. Jeremy, what were you thinking on that one? I went back and rewatched it uh, this morning because I, I, I couldn't get into the match last night. I had a bunch of different things going on um it was really good again like in wrestling i like the little things it, it really it's it's what kind of makes it like the when roman was in the in the yes lock and he was just gently tapping like it wasn't even like a big tap but he was just t- tiny tapping on his on daniel bryan's uh, fingers i really like that all he could do and right? it was all he could do because i remember on smackdown 4 roman's like i'd rather die than tap out Mm-hmm. Or something like that. He said something along those lines. So I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that's good. And meanwhile, and Brian then, promised but, he'd tap him out. Yep. And again, the ending was a fa- another farce. That's like this the theme of the night. The endings was kind of forced in each match. Well, not each match, but in a lot of them. And, well, yeah. Now we'll probably get a three-way at Mania, and I don't want that. But uh, that's probably where it's going to go. Yeah, it'll, but overall, it'll, a really great match. It'll be good, but yeah, it's not what anybody really wants. It's kind of a weird situation. Um, I know people, I forget who posted it, but talked about how a Hall of Famer came back and won the Rumble to go face the champ at Mania, but nobody wanted that. Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan is the one people want to get in there and insert himself, and oh, here we are again. <laughs> After this and, Batista Orton situation, it's, it's wild to think here we are doing it again. And one more thing, can you believe that I'm complaining about Daniel Bryan potentially being in a match? Like, yeah. that's just dumb. But it's, it's, I am. It's weird. I'm doing that's it. That's the funny thing. <laughs> I think everyone I talked online last night. I was like, wow, it's funny that everyone wants Roman Reigns to win this match and Daniel Bryan not to go to Mania because this is Roman Reigns they want in this match. Like, that's hilarious thinking back to mm-hmm. all the times where it was opposite. Well, what the first fast lane main event was Roman versus Bryan. Winner faces the champ at Mania. Like... <laughs> Yeah, we here we are again. Whoever won this goes to Mania in the title match as champ, but still. Uh, CT, what were you thinking on this one? Uh, I echo pretty much all the points said. This was a great match. I love the fact that they made him tap out. I think WWE especially gets into this logic where you have the big main eventer who can't lose, and I think that's a very dangerous mentality to have. I like the fact that this shows he's beatable. He can tap out. He will tap out. It adds a little bit more drama whenever he's in, you know, a yes lock, whenever he's in a finishing submission move. Um, you shouldn't, it should be hard to beat him, but it shouldn't be impossible. When he is beatable, it adds all the more drama to his match. 
matches. Um, so I like that. I get why they did the ending. Personally, I'm not a big fan of like a 30 minute epic main event uh, Universal Championship match ending how it did in bullshit. Like I get it. I don't think Brian needs to go to this main event. I'd much rather have it be one on one. Um, but they're doing it, so like you know, at least it was a good match. It was a really, really good match. Mm-hmm. And Red, do you have anything to add to that one? I, I mean, I'm opposite on the other side. I want the three way. I didn't want Daniel Bryan to win last night because I don't want him to be the champion going in. I still want Roman because I think the storyline would be good for him. Having to defeat all odds, still be the head of the table. You got two guys that have come back and they're trying to go after him. Like, I, I want the three way. I was never against it. I've been asking for it for a month and a half now, ever since this whole Daniel Bryan, like Roman Reigns feud got started. So I'm fine with everything that went down last night. I enjoyed the match from the beginning to the end. At the end, it was a little sloppy. Not so much like what was going on, but it was like there was parts where it's like, all right, we're going to walk over here. We're going to walk over there. Like it wasn't smooth, but the outcome I enjoyed. And it, it was, for those who have been listening to us talk about Roman Reigns and his matches and how he talks through them, it was pretty great when Daniel Bryan was doing the same thing back. It's like, uh-oh, almost got in the sleeper. Uh-oh. <laughs> then later on, he has an advice grip, and Roman's is going, that's a vice grip. You know what that is. Just, oh, to, to listen to that match, I'm, I'm going to miss when we can't hear them talk as well when the crowd's back. I am going to miss that aspect of wrestling with this. So, yeah, that that was Fastlane. Um, overall, like we said, it... it there's a lot worthwhile on it, but it didn't really have to happen is a weird way to look at it. But I think that's a consensus agreement that we have on that one. Uh, would anybody disagree with that? Talking about it, I realized I liked it more than I actually thought I did. But <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of feel like this is like this should be viewed as like an it's a kind of a bad comparison due to their latest one being kind of big, but like an impact plus event. Right. It's not like a pay-per-view. It's not like the major thing, but like, you know what? It was a fine little show. If you look at it as like, oh, it's one of the big pay-per-views. Disappointing. If you look at it as like, oh, it was a fun little kind of like bigger show with some bigger matches. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. It was good. Uh, now, the other big news about this show was Peacock. And that is for you Americans because the rest of the world, it still is the WWE Network. And the WWE Network still exists in the rest of the, uh, the United States for, what, like two more weeks? April 4th, I think they were saying. And WrestleMania will be only on Peacock in the U.S. Uh, as far as for Peacock, there was about, what, a minute or two delay, I think we had? And we were talking a lot about that with the idea of the there being international viewers seeing it sooner because they're on the network. I, I know I countered a lot of that saying that this happens all the time when we're watching it on the network because some of us are a minute or two ahead. But it was pretty drastic last night. Like, Jim, yeah. he was hearing stuff, what, a minute or two in advance? Yes. Like, it was a full on minute. Like, Riddle was coming out on the ramp for me, and, like, the the match had started. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Now, they've said they'll be addressing all problems that people have with the network, and, I mean, I should hope so. That see. The problem is, is that even a problem? Like, I get Peacock's behind, but we talked about it last night. If it's going to be streaming through network first and then Peacock second, which is what it seems like it's going to be, we're going to get delayed no matter what. It don't matter what internet you have. If they're going to be going straight through network first, then to Peacock, the rest of the world is going to get to see it first before anybody on Peacock gets to see it. Now, it's only a minute and a half, but Royal Rumble is a huge thing when you got number 15 coming out and you're still on... Like 13. Yeah, but you have no context of anything else when all you're watching is your thing. 
Yeah, like, let's let's be clear. This is not an issue for 95% of people. Like, we all watch it in VC. So, like, yes, that is why it's a big thing. If you're watching it on your own, the stream is incredibly smooth. There's no issues other than if you're comparing it with other people. So, like, is it an issue for us? Yes. Is it a major issue that I'm like, wow, Peacock has failed? Absolutely not. No, no. And then, like I said, when we watched stuff before, like, we watched uh, NWA on Fight. And it wasn't in sync for all of us. And it was just through Fight. And we're watching it through different parts of the country or the world. So it's always going to be a bit out of sync depending on your network and your connection and where you're coming from. Um, so I, I, I'm not looking like too much into that with Peacock, but apparently a lot of people did have problems with Peacock. Uh, you're also comparing Peacock, especially with like the VOD library and organizing stuff. You're comparing this to a network that's been around for what seven or eight years now like it's the network sucked at first the network the streams never loaded for me loading anything vod was horrible it was horrible to try to get to like organize stuff yes clearly there's a ways to go but like this is far from terrible like the network don't come like it's not apples and apples you're comparing two different things it's comparing otis with actual athletes with anyone with a competent in-ring worker i agree (laughs) I will say it's annoying that the VOD combines the kickoff and the main show. Separate those, please. But, like, again, yes. minor issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about Peacock and how weird it is. WrestleMania is divided by seasons with one episode each. Raw's every, everything is. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because I went to WrestleMania 18. That's WrestleMania Season 18, Episode 1. It's like, why are you formatting it like that? What are you doing? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Also, they better get better uploading live content. I watched 205 Live because uh, I was just curious how the stream was. Number one, good show. I'm actually going to start watching it. 205 Live, you rule. Um, but then the VOD, I think, is still not uploaded from, what, Thursday or Wednesday? Or, no, mm. Friday. So, like, come on, guys. You can upload that a little bit quicker. <laughs> uh, well, talking yeah, about that- s- streaming and stuff that you're watching, uh, CT, the New Japan Cup also was a thing oh my god yeah finally finally getting out of this fucking shitty wrestling and talking about real wrestling <laughs> oh okay man this might be one of the reasons i didn't really love fast lane at first because it was the same day as like the finals of the new japan cup and it's like well you know again otis comparing otis and anyone else not quite the same yeah this was <laughs> sick uh nearly every day in march there was another new japan cup show not gonna act like this was the best tournament or anything i think uh, a couple question questionable booking decisions a uh, couple matches that kind of under-delivered, but I mean, the finals between uh, Shingo and Osprey was incredible. Uh, genuinely just a fantastic 30-minute brawl. These two have gone back and forth, um, had incredible match of the year, you know, matches, and this is another one of them. Osprey won, uh, going to face Ibushi now, which is going to be awesome in a couple weeks. So, yeah, it was good. It was a good night. Was it? Because there was an earthquake. Yes, night before, night of the semifinals during one of the tags, there was a major earthquake, which was terrifying because people are running, like literally running from their seats. The lights are shaking, uh, though. Just 20 minute break to check the arena, then back on. Like it was in the middle was... of a match, to be clear. Oh, like, it was in the it, middle. It's of one a of match. those documented things like during the World Series kept, kept things like it's and it was nearby. So it, it's a ridiculous moment in time kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Also, like, insane to me that Jay White is such a good heel in an actual, like, legitimate earthquake as he's heading to the back. He has, like, the w- under- understanding as a heel to grab all the faces' titles and then come out parading holding them. Like, in an earthquake, you don't think you'd be smart enough to be like, oh, like, I'm going to do a heel thing. But he was, so that was great. Um, but yeah, big 7.1 right next to the arena. So pretty, pretty big thing. Oh, Meltzer gave it seven stars. Nice. <laughs> no, he is AEW. it wasn't an AEW match. Calm down. <laughs> 
Uh, did anybody else watch any of it? I know I didn't, um, but I do follow that stuff. Does that interest anybody else as much here? Does CT sell you on it at all? Come on, y'all. By the end of the year, y'all going to be turn, turn, tuning in to the road to the shows. You're going to be watching everything, guarantee you. I heard there was an earthquake. That's about all I heard. It's too late. It's too early. It was, what time does New Japan stuff usually start? It's usually well, really watch late. It. The right? middle of the I would recommend you watch it on VOD. I think it started at 3 a.m. for you. So, like... Yeah. That's <laughs> you can watch it VOD the next morning, the next day. You know, it's up on New Japan World. Go subscribe. You get all these events. Maybe hey, I'll check it out. Hey, you know what else is on there? The matches they've been having, like, Finn Juice and Impact. Absolutely. Somehow they've fucking swindled the deal that all the AEW and Impact matches they get on the um, world. Not live, but like a couple days after. So I got to watch an AEW Dynamite main event featuring Kenta, and I didn't have to watch AEW. So that was great. Yeah, and Finjuice won the tag titles, and I think they defended him against Triple XL, I think, last week. or they're, like it, yeah. It's crazy that these yeah. guys have that, and they've got the belts in Japan now. Because... Apparently, sacrifice was taped. That's a fun thing. Uh, Wikipedia's got people got to get on that. But hey, Juice said after the match in Japan, he was going on an airplane to go to Nashville, and then he flew back. So I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, for the match that happened <clears throat> later that night, which was not long <laughs> enough away between matches for that plane flight to have happened. That's... He also looked incredibly different, but you know, I guess so. Eh, you I know. don't know. It, it is interesting to see that stuff. And that's what I was calling for, too, with the Forbidden Door. Get those titles moving around. Have some fun stuff with that, you know. So the fact that they've got it, nobody really expected that, like, at all. It's pretty hey, great that, that they want it. Better than the Good Brothers having it, because they are awful. Oh, now but... the rumor is they're going to go to Japan to chase it. Oh, Even though there's yeah, rematching we'll at Rebellion, so we'll see how that goes. Hey, there's a major Tokyo Dome coming up, and you have to sell a lot of tickets. So I would not be surprised to see Omega. That's the, that. the, the Wrestle Slam, I think they're calling it? Yeah, I believe it's Grand Wrestle Slam. Grand They're doing Wrestle a baseball Slam. stadium and a Tokyo Dome like two weeks apart from each other, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, well, I mean, the the rumor. Let's talk that. Hey, Okada's gonna be AEW. We we don't yeah, like Oka- we don't like rumors. Okada's coming to Impact. Yeah, that's the the rumor stuff is ridiculous. I don't like following that. It, I mean, it's fun to follow it, but we, we don't really want to talk about it here. So that's our way Look, of addressing was, that. Is like come I was on. told I was crazy for saying Okada was going to leave dur- during the New Japan Cup and come to AEW. I said that wasn't happening, and people called me crazy, but, like, yeah. who's laughing now? It, he didn't show up, yeah. <laughs> unsurprisingly. Now, even though we know that they, he could come over for a taping and do stuff, if Impact is going to tape stuff or AEW is going to tape stuff this much in advance, they could swing something where he gets it out of the way and then appears two months later on their broadcast, which, I mean, we're not having real fans around. That is something they could actually do. They established that with Finjuice winning the tag titles, on broadcast two months later almost during their live tour in japan <laughs> that's what we're dealing with yeah i mean the issue with okada specifically though is like he's a major draw right now they're not necessarily doing best when it comes to ticket sales for a variety of you know reasons covid and stuff so like i don't know if you'd want to take him out of japan for three or four weeks because it's a two-week quarantine when he gets back mm-hmm. so right now is probably not the best time but like we'll see if like if he's not on a whole tour like we'll be like oh probably off in aw i could see it like it's it, that's the ridiculousness of it. I doubt he's going to impact because they didn't treat him well, and that's the whole thing. Anyway, moving over to another new championship because CT, I know we talked about the unification and the new IWGP World Championship. Um, the NXT Women have a new championship because they brought out the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I know you had mentioned we we should talk about this one as well because that's a weird one 
where I don't think is needed. I'll be honest, but I don't hate it because they're going to use it probably more than the actual one is. And it puts a little more focus and spreads it around. But I like the idea of that women's tag title being able to go to all three. I did, I did like that a lot. So it is kind of weird to have like a, a split brand main roster tag title when you have everything else being either Raw or SmackDown. But then NXT has their own version of a women's tag title. It just it seems a bit odd. Even like I said, I like it. It just I don't quite get it. It waters it down. Yeah. It really does. Like it. it I mean, it, it's like the my. Mi- it's kind of like a minor league title because you have like the the women's tag titles on the main roster and then the minor ones, but they're pretty much the same titles. Like it just feels. It feels like it. It doesn't really matter. It's like the main roster has that deep of a division. Like, I think that's been the biggest issue is they don't have teams to, like, actually really use these titles how they want to. And then you just cut off a huge amount of teams that you have on NXT. And I get the fact, like, they weren't using them on NXT, but, like, just book it better than any would be. Like, it's no no reason Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart didn't beat Baszler and Nia, you know? It's just, I don't get it. With the amount of stuff they're doing right now, especially for the past year, all in quite literally Orlando and Tampa. It's not like it's hard to get them to go to other places. Like when they're touring, it's hard to go back to full sail when you're in San Diego, right? So you can't have your champs always bounce back and forth as easily under the best of circumstances. But right now it's 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 Tampa and Orlando. <laughs> I'm not trying to knock that, but they can get there between Raw and SmackDown with NXT in the middle. That's not going to be a problem in that time frame to have the champions be on NXT as well, I feel. So inflating that roster would have kept it working well, and they could have done this all along. But doing this way just seems, it seems odd. It seems odd. Does anybody else so, want to talk on that? One, the one argument I can see, which I don't think this is the case, so like, bear with me, is like maybe you don't want them crossing rosters too much due to COVID. Mm. Triple H was infected. I know there was talk around Survivor Series. That's why they didn't do Survivor Series crossed. Maybe that's why, and they still want to have build the tag team division, but then you had the titles ready. So, like, I don't think that's the case, but, like, that's at least an argument that makes some sense right now. I think that's a, a perfect saying because NXT has been having these COVID outbreaks mm-hmm. a little bit more than the main roster, you know, because they just had one. And, like, he was saying around Survivor Series, that's why they didn't have one, like, I don't know what everybody's doing down there, but come on, guys. Like, what are we doing? Jimmy, I know you're a big COVID fan. Any comments on this? What? Okay. What? Um, no. Fan of COVID. <laughs> that was my oh, bad God. segue. No, no, no. Um, I know your state is he, he, Oh, yeah. He means, yeah. You're, he, he, mean, he means you're a big fan of Chris Jericho, Jimmy. Oh, God, no. I'm not that. Uh, no, no, no. Not anymore. <laughs> um, Breathe it in, man. They could right? be, oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. Oh. They they could have easily done this where they all the like women's tag teams of Raw and SmackDown. They're there. That's their brands. But if they want to challenge for the tag titles, just move them to NXT. You don't have to have that title on Raw. You don't have to have that title on SmackDown. You can, but transition the titles more towards NXT and not make a new title. Because now you still have the issue of only like three or four teams for Raw and SmackDown for those titles, and like ten teams in NXT. It, it just feels so unbalanced. And something I Unless know Red, Red's not a fan of is the impromptu teams. Um, Red, if you want to comment on that more, because I know like the whole thing with the women's tag titles right now on the main roster is the challengers were the non-team, Banks and Bel Air. Meanwhile, they just Whoa. had a tournament of teams 
in NXT. <laughs> Which were, yeah, thrown together, but they still established the, the idea of a reason for them being together. That's better than nothing, but they could have easily cross-branded that, right? Well, my biggest issue about the Banks and Bianca thing was about that Banks as a title holder. That's my issue. I don't have so much of an issue with mixing up random people, but you have a lot of people that are tag teams but never get shots, but then you just whatever draws is the tag team you put together and they like bring it in. But I will say my biggest issue about the NXT women's tag titles is the actual main hard women's tag title has always been marketed. Any brand could win them. NXT can win them. I think we saw maybe three times where it went down to NXT just to boost the ratings, but no NXT. They easily could have given this to Kodakai uh, and Raquel and have them not so much run a gauntlet, but have them compete at NXT level with the women's tag titles for a while. Have some of these main rosters. And I get the COVID, you don't want to cross branding. But I feel like they wanted to throw four things into the pot with three months left because you had at least three different number one contenders against Nia and Shayna. And yet, nobody was ever getting their title matches. Everyone was getting announced for new contenders. Banks and Belair, or Banks and Bianca came in and just sat there and got a title shot when we already had Naomi and Lana as number one contenders. You already had Raquel and Dakota as getting a title shot. Like, I didn't understand the booking sense of it. Like, you're giving these people a title, you're giving this people a title shot, you're giving this people a title shot. Like, follow one story. That was my issue with the whole situation. Naomi and Lana did get their uh, title shot, by the way. After Boss got hers. Like, mm-hmm. so what does that mean? Yeah. Boss and Belair would have had to defend against Naomi and Lana? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they said as much. But you see what I'm saying is, like, I felt yeah. like the number one contenders shouldn't have to wait for a title match made after they became number one contenders. No, I, I don't think a real, yeah. a real tag team should have to wait for not a real tag team. But, yeah. you know. But back to the whole tag teams in NXT, how many of them are actual real tag teams? They're as I mean, real they've as been they grouped. say they are, is what I'm saying. Like, that's... Yeah. They're, they're real now, because they made them that, but uh, I, I get what you're saying, though, yeah. Like, the last women's tag team, like, relevance was Iconics. Um, we had... And I'm not saying they're most relevant, but those are the ones I most remember. We had uh, Fire and Desire. We had... Overlooking uh, Cross and Nick, uh, yeah, Cross and Bliss. Overlooking Banks and Bailey. But, but uh, you see what I'm saying is like, those weren't actual tag teams. Those were people put together. But that's, they were. The that's Blitz how you make them. They became a team. Both yeah, of those became like real they tag stayed teams. as a team. Yeah, they were thrown together, but they stayed that way. At also least half the, of NXT's teams are legit teams. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is that NXT right now we're getting a huge influx of women signing, so it's a good way to get more women on the show. Yeah. By putting them in teams now, because you're going to have Indy and Candice and. Um, I, I do agree to what Red's things. saying with the idea like they are thrown together. Yeah, but I mean, if they keep them together, they become a team. I mean, that's Sheamus and Cesaro was the perfect example of that. They were thrown together. But they ended up becoming a team, and they're the bar five-time champ champs, right? So, <laughs> that's they. You got to start somewhere with some of these. You throw them together. It, it, could it be better than thrown together? Yeah, hundred percent. But that's where they're running with it. And are they going to follow up on all these? No, of course not. <laughs> so, and, but they had so much to work with. 
and with the existing women's tag title, like you said, they could have moved them to NXT. I think Banks and Bailey brought them there once after they won them, and then again, like when they were heels a year later, and then this moment. I think that was literally it. Did Oscar and, and Kyrie do it on NXT though? They might have once. I think they did one. I think they were during the whole. Um, yeah, though they were. If, if they didn't actually defend them, they were there during the brawls during that year for Survivor uh-huh. Series. At the very least, it was something like that. Yeah. But that's it. That's, that's the extent of it. And that's a, such a missed opportunity considering what they were wanting to do. So. Yeah, it's, it's easier than done, unfortunately, for stuff like that. But not everything is creative-wise. I know Banks and Bailey even talked about that, saying we want to go to NXT more. Let us do it. Let us go there and defend. But they couldn't. Um, as far as for creative and stuff like that, that's kind of my segue here to talk about news we got about Andrade being released where he hadn't been used since, what, October? And I still remember his match with Johnny Gargano as one of the best matches I've seen. And the ridiculousness of that and them finding nothing to do with him, I would say that's more a failure of the writers than the failure of the wrestler, but that's that that's on my opinion. Uh, yeah, Andrade's released. He wanted it, was refused it, but then got it. And I think, Red, you found something about him apparently having a non-compete clause? Is, so is the is, rumor, but to be fair, but... It's, it's all rumors at this point, because nothing actually has come out official other than he has been released. Yeah. More information comes after days. It's normally like this, like in the NFL, whenever there's a contract signing. Oh, he signed, but what's how much? Well, you'll find out in a couple of days. So, But right now, the rumor is we could see him on AEW tomorrow night. Whatever the wording needs to be to where he can go to AEW tomorrow night... I wouldn't be surprised, but now that the rumor of coming out that, not rumor, but confirmed that uh, Charlotte has COVID, Andrade is probably going to take a two-week vacation, let his body heal up even more, because he can't do anything. He, if anything, he might show up on TV and do a Zoom call let during me, a promo. Let me correct you on positively. that. Maybe let, he let, won't go to AEW, maybe he's going to be the new surprise member of the United Empire at New Japan. So, like, let's think positively here. I'm just going to throw this question out to everybody. Where do you want Andre to end up? Because personally, I kind of want to see him in AAA. I like the New Japan idea. Because he <laughs> was La Sombra and won the title there, the IC title, back from Nakamura, even though that was actually in Mexico, but you know what I mean. He could actually be like a Moxley nomad and go everywhere at this point, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. I want uh, him with ROH. Yeah. ROH. Him and Roosh. Yeah, that'd be good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Roosh yeah. are like brothers. It would fit perfectly. Mm. And Frank I'm assuming all of us are against him going to AEW? No. Yes. Well, that company I don't want well th- I'm not against it. There's multiple reasons why people have said they shouldn't. I know we had this discussion before, and we never brought it up on the podcast, but I know there was talk about how they have a bloated roster, even though I don't feel they do, but people say they do. That's, again, opinion. But do they need him? No. Would they make use of him? Yes. Would it falter? Probably. Scott, you don't think they have a bloated <laughs> roster? <laughs> Not like, just curious. So you don't think they have a bloated roster? I think they have a roster that's more than they need, but I don't say it's bloated. I don't. I don't see it two different things. It's it's if they're adding yet another show and they actually do because Cody loves his WCW. They actually do what Thunder was going to be back in the day, which was a different roster than Nitro, even though it's the same kind of thing, and they might have some other stuff, but it's that brand over here and that brand over here. Not a brand split, 
But Bret Hart was hired for Thunder. Like, they made that show for him to be a thing. And then they just made that be the B show and put him over here on Nitro anyway. If they go that route and have different stars in different shows, they're going to need a bigger roster for all that broadcast. That's my thought on that. That's fair. Do they have enough already? Yes. <laughs> That's what I mean by it's big. But it's enough to fill all of that with dark, dark elevation, dynamite, and whatever this fourth thing is. Would he be good for that on a Latin show? Yeah. Would he be good normal? Yeah. Would they do right by him, which is what the AEW marks like to hear from that? Probably. Would it last? I don't know. I know Jim is very sad about the three-year contract Ethan Page has, even though he's <laughs> going to try to make it work and be good. He could have. I feel he could have done better elsewhere. I, I think you'll agree with that one, GMC. I know you agree I, with that one. I, I mean, you guys don't want to see Death Triangle involved into Death Square. <laughs> I mean, it, it's Excalibur's like already happened. in that. Come on, like that was the April Fool's. Oh, then it's definitely a Pentagon. Death huh? Pentagon. Oh no! <laughs> Wasn't Eddie Kingston also in that for like a hot second? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's friends yeah. with Moxley again, though. Yeah, he yeah. would would he do well in AEW? Probably. Would they really use him to their fullest? I will say flat out right now, absolutely not. Because if they've got the same guys at the top of the card eh, for this long and you've got all the other guys who were hitting that glass ceiling, no. You're not gonna if, have a chance. It's it, it, I don't, don't go there. I don't if think he has the look get... they're looking for. Like, I think he'd be on, like, main eventing ele- elevation, sure. But, like, yeah. I don't think, like, he's going to be Omega or Moxley no. or be in that main event category at all. If you gave if you gave me the stable of Andrade, Proud and Powerful, and Selena Vega, like, that, like, group right there, that could be something. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they – I don't think they would do that because, well, I'd say W and they don't really book too well right now, so – Think of that fun future opinion. for when Alexander Black gets released as well, and he goes with him. Oh, he's 100 gone with. Him. Right, you mm-hmm. get the hit. There's there's fun stuff there. We're fantasy booking, obviously, but he could go to AAA. He could go to New Japan because there's they're promising someone what this this weekend CT for that Empire uh, in about two weekends. Two weekends. Oh, that's enough time to get over there in quarantine. Hey, if he <clears throat> left in time, sure. So, yeah, it's, I mean, we, we've talked at length. I know I did it as well back on Jabber Radio about contracts and how it works. Just because he wants to go doesn't mean they sh- it's a contract. But, yeah, if they're not using him, it kind of sucks. These guys want to wrestle. They want to get out there and go. And it, it's, it's better for them to actually do what they want to do instead of hate their job. Yeah, and if they're locked into it, well, they're locked into it. And if they come to an agreement, cool. This non-compete thing, I don't know about that. We'll see where that is. But either way, that'll still be up in time for Double or Nothing on May 30th. So, I think the thing that sucks is the no live events. Yeah. Because they can't do anything at all anymore I for- they could. I forget who was saying it uh, in our Discord. Forgive me, guys, when, uh, when I quote you in the Discord, and I'm not mentioning what your name is. I forget who it was. But someone said about someone came back and haven't had to have an actual match, so they're not bumping properly, and they're kind of out of shape for that. That that is it's true. It's not the same as actually doing it, but I mean, Edge wrestled matches with Beth Phoenix, his wife, to get ready. So it's not like they're not doing anything and not taking bumps. They've got the performance center. They are doing their own stuff. A lot of them have home gyms. They're they're not not doing it. But yeah, it's not the same level. To be fair, so 
Can we quickly mention just like, I know we like to be positive about the booking of WWE and we're specifically like weirdly defensive of it some days. Mm -hmm. How do you not use Alistair Black and Andrade? Like, how do you not use these talents who are some of the like genuinely best wrestlers in the world? Both had good gimmicks going. Mm -hmm. They just don't. How do you like look at a room and say like, no, actually, we're not going to use you. Uh, Otis, can you come like Chad Gable? Can you come? Uh, can you like can all you come but like not Alistair Black or Andrade like you're incompetent sorry and I don't think it's personally no, Vince either I, let's be clear not oh, blaming ah, Vince specifically oh but um no incompetence let's, let, let's let's talk about that because when Andrade thanked everybody he didn't include Vince he said like Triple H and Regal and Paul Heyman for all the great years of support and all the talent that he worked with he didn't mention Vince <gasps> he hates Vince confirmed no that's not what that means. I can tell you right now. Well, I can tell you no, right. He might, he might hate him, like, but I, I just want to compare it. If I left my work, I would thank my immediate boss, my coworkers, everything else. I wouldn't thank the president of the company because I don't deal with them. Yeah, you deal with Vince. Yeah, you do. I get that, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything because he loved his time in NXT. Obviously, he loved his time on Raw. Obviously, <laughs> that's what that is. Also, at the so. at the end of the day, Vince Vince is the one who decides who he wants to use and who he doesn't use. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is on him to use them or not use them. So it kind of is his fault for not using them because he's the head Booker man. Yeah, but again, so. if, if yeah. The, I'll, I'll defend it, even though I probably shouldn't. But if the writers go, we got nothing for you, and that's what they go with. Cool, get better writers. Because if you look at these guys and see the matches they've had, and you can't figure out what to do with them. Alistair Black, this gothic, dark guy who had this character on Raw that was even kind of making it work with one eye. Okay, sure. And and then, like, goddamn Andrade, who could have been your new better than Del Rio Del Rio? God, how do you screw that up? <laughs> like, I think it's undeniable. Like, Vince, like, not everyone comes away from this company of, like, bad stories about Vince. I'm not saying, like, oh, he's great. But, like... I also don't think it's complete. Like if the writers failed him and didn't present anything good to Vince, then like, yeah, he made that decision. But also like, I don't know. I just, I think blaming Vince is a really weak excuse when you look Mm. at the overall company. Like he might be part of it. Sure. I like every story that people have about Vince that adds up. Everyone has the same story. It's not great. But like, I don't think it's just him. I think it's a larger issue. Well, he also rips up scripts an hour before shows and rewrites them. So. Supposedly. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when it comes out all the time that he does it, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm just sure. saying. The, the sure. other side of it, too, I do remember um, with with Vince and how he... He'll see guys and be like, I don't get it. Okay, we're not using him. You can you can try to go to bat all you want, but he, he doesn't like it for whatever reason. Um, there, there's ways to get around that and, and try to identify things and give the audience what they want, even if you don't get it. But there's only so much you can do when you encounter that. And yeah, if he's putting his foot down, he even said about AJ styles, I got 10 guys that can do what you can do, which no, you don't, but that's what he said. Give me something more. What else do you got? I need a pit bull. And AJ being as good as he is, was able to, but that's how we saw AJ styles. I got 10 guys that can do what you do. What do I need you? Like what? (laughs) The thing is he spends most of the time in his office because he has to deal with everyone and everything else at Mm -hmm. the same time. I think the thing is the writers don't cross between half the time and some of the superstars are just too scared to go in there and talk to him when they shouldn't be after many superstars have said, just go and talk to him. Yep. That was a bonded. That, that, that worked. <laughs> that worked. That worked out for Dean Ambrose really well. <laughs> I mean, and the revival. It, is, it did in a way because it got the respect. He didn't still didn't do what he wanted, but he had the respect from it. It, it got, it got Am- on the respect too. It's like, okay, you're coming to me. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. We're not doing it, but okay. I see it. 
Like, <laughs> you can't say Dean Ambrose doesn't have a Hall of Fame career for being there only seven years, six years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Shield. Agreed. Not on his own. Not on his own. He no, they do groups now. They, yeah. it, I, but it, it's, it's a group, group yeah. I, all members of the Shield alone and would be two Ring Hall of Famers as a alone and is. Oh, yeah, group. but they won't. I don't think. No, I don't. <laughs> he, know he, I agree. I don't think, but he won't. I don't think Dean. I don't think Dean would be a Hall of Famer by himself. Not until he I goes mean, back after whatever happens, and they give him more money, and he does whatever he wants over there in ten years. I fully think they will. Like number one, they're running out of Hall of Famers. Like just in general, they're going to have to induct pretty much everyone. But like, mm-hmm. I think he and the company are on like decently good terms. He used he waited out his contract. He didn't yeah, ask for he a did release. everything right. Yep. He didn't fully shit talk him. He definitely like said his truth and like said his perspective, which wasn't great. But like, I did not like he takes shots at them all the time. You know, I, I think he's pretty much good to go in. He just understands like it's not everybody can do business the same way. So I got to do what I got to do. So and I feel like Vince would respect that. I don't know Vince personally. Right. But like, I think, he said I think Vince much. would respect that. Yeah. Did you guys see the video of Vince working out, though, like from today or yesterday? <laughs> he's fucking yeah. still going. I thought he was near death and he's still going. He so was. I don't... He got better. Yeah, he trains at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, he only, apparently he only sleeps like four hours, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's been doing that for years. They say yeah. like whew. he'll never die. I think he'd find time to watch NXT and then like get why these superstars are good. But who knows? <laughs> uh, now speaking of watching other stuff, let's conclude on some other aspects. I know we had the NWA. Uh, we did watch back for the attack. We're not going to run down the whole thing because we know this is. You're probably not wanting to hear us go through this in dire detail, but Bear Me and I know we're big fans we're of power back back in the day a year ago when they were doing it. And we were very saddened by Question Mark passing, and this was dedicated to him. And it was some awesome stuff on this show, Bear Me. I know all this promo really stood out, and, and Stevens as well really hit you good. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got pretty teary-eyed when uh, Aaron Stevens was cutting his promo, and he said... Uh, whole bunch of things and he said that he was going to go out there and win it for question mark pretty much and i was like god and i started tearing up and then even at the end even after he lost did he he they did the whole thing with the mask and the flag and they said this one's for you sensei i was like damn like yeah it got me and aldis doing the the masterwork of getting across how good his match is but also putting over everybody else's matches and yes. he's done that before, but it was awesome to see them kind of pick up where they left off in doing that. One of the one of the coolest things I liked at, from Nick Aldis was after that Stevens match, because usually Nick Aldis is like the smug heel. He doesn't like show kind of a lot of respect all the time. He, he extended his hand and he goes, that was a damn war, and shook Aaron Stevens' hand. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Uh, now also on the match, Tyrus beat Kratos, one of the tag champions. Uh, the Pope Elijah Burke beat Tom Latimer to retain the TV title. Uh, actually, no, sorry, it was a draw, and that one, forgive me. Yep. Uh, Camille defeated Thunder Rosa four days or three days after the match, even though that was her other match was taped, uh, to become really the match. number one contender. Trevor Murdoch retained over Chris Adonis to keep the national title, and Aldis beat Stevens, as we mentioned. Uh, overall, it's a quick two hours, but very good, solid show, as we've come to expect from the NWA. Just kind of back-to-basics type of stuff compared to everything else and- we've been watching. And there wasn't a crowd there, but it sounded like there was a crowd there. Like, there wasn't a lot of people, but they made up for it. It, it was just like their staffers of, area. like, 20 people kind of over in, on the back wall, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. CT, Red, and Jimmy C, I know you guys were kind of following along with this one. Anything stand out about this one compared to WWE or other stuff you've been watching? From what I saw, it was a really good show. Mm-hmm. What's your thought on them doing 
another uh, promotion is, I guess, pay-per-view special on the same day as a WWE one. I know Impact plans on doing one at WrestleMania time, at same like same day or time or however. Do you think it's smart on their point, or do you think it's a hey, we well, can do have, it too kind of thing? They haven't said what time, so if they put it on in the morning, I think that's actually rather smart because NWA didn't inter like fear with the Fastlane. It was two different times. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, well, and, I agree. And, that's and, what I'm asking. Do you think it's smart on their point to do that, or do you think this is their way of saying, "Hey, you need to come watch us because we'll know we'll steal some of your fans." Come watch this before you go to Fastlane. Well, no, I, I think people behind Impact are stupid. I don't think they're stupid to be like, we're going to compete with WrestleMania. Like, I don't think that's it, obviously. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's, why not? Like, you're two different companies. I don't know. I, I really no opinions. I think it's stupid to be like, they must be in competition. They're doing their own thing. That's fine. Yeah, the NWA, uh, they've talked with WWE. Like, power was almost on the network to, to go back into the history of what that was. So they're not on bad terms at all. Uh, it's really just a new way of having it where you have WrestleMania weekend with a bajillion indie shows surrounding Mania. Like, you could see two shows in the afternoon then go to WrestleMania that night. That's how that stuff was working. They're just putting it so you can stream it that way. I don't have anything against that. It's it's a smart thing to do because it's a wrestling day. Yeah, I'll watch this one too. And it's... it's To say stealing fans is kind of a misnomer because it's, it's actually capitalizing and getting the fans as well like that's not stealing it because they're still gonna go back to the fast lane or, or to for impact if they go head to head that's ridiculous it's it's goddamn wrestlemania what are you doing power did this a lot last year they, or before COVID. they had like two or three shows during the same time there was an roh or wwe show mm-hmm. to get their name out that's all they were doing yep it's a wrestling day it's it's the way to do it so yeah and they're they are counter programming with their product they're not competing per se but it was a big thing where they said it's really, as I said, back to basics and straightforward stuff. Nothing crazy, nothing outlandish. Uh, Zicky Dice wasn't there, so nothing outlandish for him either. But it was a kind of a reset with their roster and whatnot to get things going. And I think overall, a lot of good matches. Red, like you said, didn't know a lot of the names, but we've seen them succeed with things like Bloodsport as well. I don't know who these guys are. Let's watch. And if it's if it's good, okay. Now I am on board. Now I know what I'm watching. Now I'm now this is good. So I think they did a good job with this because that's how I was about Thomas Latimer and Thunder Rosa and Camille a year ago. And now it's like, yeah, these guys are great. I like I like the I like them. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see them evolve that and and try to make that work. Like Slice Boogie one, never heard that name before in my life. Awesome match. Looking forward to seeing him again. That's cool. With a dead ass driver. The dead ass driver is a great name for a finisher. That is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing that we mentioned, ROH as well. They they got a pay per view on Friday, and we're going to close out talking about that briefly because that's a whole thing. I know GMSG, you're upset about Shane Taylor promotions with Shane Taylor not being in the world title or any singles title, but he is defending the six man tag titles with uh, SOS Con and Moses against Mexico. <laughs> so the funny thing about that is just as we were starting recording, I found out that they are um, on the kickoff show yep. as the six-man champions. God damn it. Give him something great. They like, will, but they have a hard time getting there, I find. ROH is a bit slow at that. Like, so. like, we don't need Jay Lethal in the World Tell Shot again. We just don't. That's Shane Taylor's spot. It really should be. Jay Lethal, I get it's a good match, but, I mean, he better not win. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have someone else in there, but... It's a we, large well, the story. Yeah, the story they're telling with uh, the Foundation and LFI, it's it's pretty good. I think that's why they're doing Lethal mm-hmm. and Roosh. 
But I agree, Shane Taylor does need to be Ring of Honor champion by the end of this year. Anybody else even know who Shane Taylor is? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but Red, yeah, I know you don't really follow their image stuff as much. Negative. There you go. There it is. That's it. <laughs> um, I know someone we yeah. do know. The other the other uh, match on the kickoff, or I think they call it just a pre-show. Uh, I'll go through the names. It's Brian Johnson, Eli Isom, LSG, and Danhausen. I have to correct you. It's Brian John Stone, not Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Danhausen gimmick right there. Do you want to talk about that one, GMSG, to go first? Uh, I'm happy Danhausen gets to be on this card, but I'm worried for him, and I'm definitely going to be wearing his shirt and hope that he wins. <laughs> uh, Red, this is a name that you know. I, I do know them. Because of I'm, GMSG. <laughs> yeah, I thank him for it almost every day. Um, no, like, all of his stuff that he has is entertaining, but I, I don't know if he's... I don't know if he's ready for matches and winning and all that kind of stuff. I don't see him as that. I see him more as just a fun gimmick character, so I don't think he's going to win this. But I think the whole match will he'll make fun with it. CT, what do you think about this hell of an athlete? Oh, yeah. Dan Housen is good. I mean, I, I don't know. I think this is good. I mean, I'm excited to see him wrestle. He doesn't wrestle that much, so it's mm. good. As a wrestler, you can have a great gimmick, but like you need to wrestle, so yep. it's good. Jeremy, any thoughts on this one? Danhausen rules. It's his world. We're just living in it. There you go. Uh, now, I'm on the Wikipedia page. We're not going to go through the entirety of it, but I'll mention the matches here. We've got two pure rules matches. Uh, Dalton Castle versus Josh Woods and Jonathan Gresham defending the pure title against Dak Draper. We've got Mark Briscoe versus Flip Gordon. We've got Jay Briscoe versus EC3 Excuse me, in a grudge match. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully there's no COVID. And we've got something fun with the tag titles and the TV title because Dragon Lee's defending against Tracy Williams for the TV title. But also, Dragon Lee and Kenny King, the TV or the tag champs, defend against Red Titus and Tracy Williams. So we, we could have a title change and then a title defense or two title changes. And it's I, I've never seen that situation where it's like Dragon Lee and Tracy Williams and then again in a different title. I, I can't recall that, and you guys know I like history and things like that. That's a fascinating one to me. Um, I'll go to CT first. Have you ever heard about anything that in Japan happening at all? Uh, I have not heard of that. No, not in Japan. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't. They don't do that too much. I was thinking, like, I remember Ziggler defended the tag titles and the U.S. title at one point, but it wasn't against the same opponent. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's the closest thing, but I, I do not recall this it's at all. It's the same it's opponent cool, thing. It's crazy, yeah. It's really interesting storytelling-wise. I like the options here. Because um, Dragon Lee could lose the title Tracy Williams. And yeah. then Dragon Lee and Kenny King defend their tag titles against new champ Tracy and Rhett. Or <laughs> flip that, and it's the tag titles drop. Or he retains it, but then has to defend the other one. Uh, I, I like all of that. That's cool. I, I like unique stuff like that. So that, that's a fun thing. Jeremy, what do you think about this stuff? I like it. Um, Rhett Titus and uh, Trace Williams are Trace Williams. They're, they're part of the foundation, and they're trying to uh, bring back honor to Ring of Honor because mm -hmm. LFI is just running amok everywhere. So they're trying to clean sweep it and get all the titles. So we'll see if they do it. Red, I, I know I like you it. like you like some interesting situations like this. What do you think about this whole setup? Uh, I, I'm looking forward to figuring out how they're going to do this. I, I barely know anything, but. 
is it Lee big faction? Uh, I'm going to say the name wrong, but it's La Faction Ignobernal. Igno Ignob. Yeah, they're Ignob in Japan too. Ignob you can say it. There you go. Ignob they're not. Well, they're not in Japan. They're two separate factions with no, the same name. No, but that's that, the like, point. They're also, like connected. Yeah. 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 Them. Shit. Yes. Lij, just call them Lij. Lij, that's, that's, what, that's what we do. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, say, I know better. Roh is just Lfi for short. So. <laughs> yeah. So red, yes. So like, I, I'm trying to figure out how this is gonna work. Like, I'm both gonna win, or just one gonna win, and like carry all the gold for the night. Like, I'm really interested because I've seen all the old timer like, and probably New Japan right now where. Somebody comes out and has like four titles around their arms. Like I kind of oh, want to see that. No, he's Japan. thinking. Ult he's thinking Ultimo Dragon, and that being old timer <laughs> makes me sad. But Sadly, I get what he's saying. He's he he said now saying. in New Japan. Sadly, oh, they, only has two. Well, Jay White. <laughs> oh, I guess. <laughs> there are many groups, and also the six man titles are on, or three man titles are on another, uh, like group. So like they they can't have all the titles. Yeah, no one can. Because Dragon Lee does already have two belts. Just wait for Kenny in, um, in like six months. He's gonna have. Like and five. Gresham mm -hmm. isn't fighting anyone of a group, so, like, yeah. It... But they can get there, because Supercard eventually is presumably yeah. coming. We don't even know if there's a Supercard in April, which at this point, probably not. I yeah, because it's kind of too late not. to have one, right? But yeah, there's an unsanctioned match with Matt Taven versus Vincent, which I don't care about Taven. Sorry, I know people love him, but I I just don't. There's he's he's bland. I feel. And then, mm -hmm. there you go. And then Roosh versus Jay Lethal for the world title, which is going to be, I don't even know if it's going to be good because I just don't care about Jay Lethal stuff. I get it. He is good, but I just don't care. And it feels like he's always there. It's like, no, I want someone new in there. Look at the rest of that. Even Jay Briscoe would have been more interesting against Roosh. I want to see Roosh versus different people. That's more interesting to me. I don't want to see Jay Lethal, even though that's new technically. I don't care. First time ever. Cool. Yeah. I feel like it's been no, seen a billion it. times. That's the ridiculousness mm -hmm. of it. It's going to be great. I under, I it more than likely will be good, but I just like, uh. I do find it, I don't know the right word to describe how I feel about it, but like everyone shit on Osprey, right? Winning the New Japan Cup because he, you know, speaking out had quite, you know, a, a dirty couple things come out about him. Jay Lethal's had very, very serious allegations put against him. Like very serious. I feel like no one cares or talks about it and I don't really know why, but like, let's just be clear. Like, He's not necessarily a great guy. Yeah, I, I do remember that going like well before the speaking out stuff, right? Like this is a long time ago. Or did it come it was in the Kelly Klein it was in the Kelly Klein stuff. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was ugly. Um but yeah. There was there was even stuff uh two years ago with it too. I think with all in maybe Beer Me. You remember that? Oh, the uh yeah, I was there. Jay Lethal was um I met Jay Lethal there. He uh, apparently back then it was uh, the Taylor Hendricks. Uh, she's a rest. She was she was a wrestler. She came out and said some stuff about uh, Jay Lethal. Well, I'm pretty sure I don't quote me on this. One of the women that was with Jay Lethal that night at All In looked an awful lot like her, but I'm not saying it was her. But yeah, 
a lot of stuff came out around that time as well. Hmm. And just because, like, not to have a Velveteen Dream situation, like, you know, I, you, you have to have a little bit of faith in the company, like, they're going to do the right thing. They got rid of Skrull, you know, like, not to say, like, oh, I know he for a fact he's guilty or anything, but, like, just want to keep that out there. You know, that is a thing. You know, let's not just forget about it. <laughs> you can be a garbage human, and you can Absolutely. have the consequences that come from that. You still have a right to work with that, and if people feel that way or want to work with that, that's part of the business and you go from there not saying it's acceptable have a killer match yes absolutely um i know there was somebody with uh progress that they when they did their return there was someone there i forget the name but he they didn't really disclose fully that he was going to be there and people were like oh why is he here if he was here we wouldn't be and they cut ties with that guy yeah, so, that happened with Scroll in New Japan, apparently, just like yeah, the other day. Yeah, so they're... And they cut him. They cut him, and he, they're not using him yep, anymore. the footage so. is, is scrapped, yeah. So there, there's stuff like that. Like, I, the, the best comparison is probably Gina Carano on The Mandalorian, where she said some disgusting things, and they're not renewing the contract, and they let her go, and they said as much. She has the right to go work and do her job, and be good at it, too. But you don't have to work with this person. And it, they, I know they call it cancel culture, and it, it's really not. It's more just like, I don't want to work with you because you're garbage. She has the right to be garbage. You can. You have the right to think I'm garbage, and that you have the right to that. But you don't have to work with them. Like you don't have to accept that and be like, "Yeah, come on, we're we're gonna work with you, a person who we don't like." No, wrestling can, and sometimes that's where the money comes in because you look at the history of people that Vince dealt with. Let's go back to him. He's dealt with people who quite literally hate his guts, but it's all about the money and giving the fans what they want, and he'd do it. I'm not trying to celebrate that. That's still kind of ridiculous when you really think about it. So yeah, are they looking the other way on Jay Lethal? Or did he actually do this stuff or whatever it is? I don't know. But he's been their longest reigning world champion. They're clearly behind him in some ways. Right? Or are they just ignoring it, CT? Because there was the whole thing with the whole Bully Ray backstage bit. Remember if you remember that moment where they did an investigation and like yeah. they, they found <clears throat> nothing? Even though it's pretty obvious there was something, I, it's 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 ugly in some ways, but it's Are also just one of those person. weird companies. It's one of those weird companies. Like, there's also just the Kelly Klein instant. Like, this company is kind of garbage, but like, yeah. you know, take it, you know, take it how you want. I guess. <clears throat> Hopefully, yeah, it's a good show. Good show anniversary. <laughs> yeah. No, it, if you, I mean, if you want to look at more of that stuff, we're not going to delve deep into it here any more than we have, uh, because we want to try to stay positive even on this not having been a lot of that. Bear me. I think I'll close with you here because we've kind of gone all over the place. But I know something that you were very excited about and myself was uh, L.A. Knight debuting, the former Eli Drake. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really all I wanted to go for for that. But seeing him back in the ring, kind of doing what he did on Power, was a lot of fun. And, I mean, let's, let's get right down to it. How do you feel about that name, L.A. Knight? I like it. it. I like it because I feel like it fits him. Like, he showed up. Like, when we first seen him on the pre-show, he showed up in a suit, had the glasses. It it, it, it just fits him. L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, it, it, it goes together, you know? it It's just a, it's just a different word, just a different name, but same meaning to me. No, I, I really like it. I know a lot of people don't like the name, saying, oh, that's ridiculous, but everybody's been remembering it. <laughs> it has been working. Uh, I didn't see the match because I don't watch weekly TV again. Uh, this is like I, I don't. I, it's not even with NXT. NXT is like one of the shows I would consider. I'm just busy and like New Japan mm-hmm. has been fucking having tons of shows. So like I'm sorry, I only can watch so much wrestling each no, week. No, watch it all. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with the name. I think he's incredibly talented. 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for this. This is one of those things. I mean, we'll see, right? EC3 had a cool little NXT run. Then they went to the main roster and they screwed him. So, like, we'll see. We will. I'm optimistic, but, like, nothing's confirmed as far as, like, oh, he's going to go far. But, like, mm-hmm. I have faith. And that's that's something I know that we talked about, uh, Jimmy Shee, with Ethan Page, where we wanted him to go there because we thought he'd be used better in WWE. And some people were like, oh, why did, why did LA Knight, why did Eli Drake go to WWE? God, he should have gone to AEW, should have gone even back to Impact. And it's like, he's that confident that he's going to be able to excel in that environment, knowing what it's like from what he's heard from everybody. I, I've got to think that's the mentality there, and that's nothing but good. Doesn't mean it's going to work out, let's be honest. EC3 is a good comparison. But that's what you're hoping for from Ethan Page, right? Yeah, the funny thing is, now looking at it, in a way, WWE's version of NWA would be the performance center with um, NXT. Mm-hmm. Small crowds are always there, always happy, ready to go. They they kind of do that old style look. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, with the arena, the Capital Wrestling Center they called it, which is a throwback yeah. in its own with the name. Yeah. So yeah, I think he fits perfectly there. And Red, what do you think on LA Knight? Do you, th- do, you, do you think he even needed to go to NXT? Like, it'll benefit him, but do you think he needed to, or could he, he could have skipped? Based on what little I know and seen of him, because I'm not even sure, was he on ROH or TNA? TNA. Okay, so because that's the only where cool. place I've seen him before, but I think he should go to NXT for a little bit, because WWE style is always different outside promotion, mm-hmm. um, just to learn the business. And I think this way they can get him on sooner rather than later by having him on NXT. Because he could have stayed in the Performance Center and learned it all and went to the main roster. But there's not really a reason right now to rush him to the main roster. main roster has plenty of people now. And five months from now, that might be a different story. It might be time to call him up around SummerSlam. But I, 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 if he does get called up, I won't be surprised if it's for next year's Mania. I'm thinking maybe Rumble time frame. Yeah, I, I, it also depends on how well he goes over in uh, NXT, and that also depends on how where's Adam Cole, Gargano, Chomp, like where are all these guys that are there right now? Mm-hmm. Are they on main roster? Are they still theirs? Because if they're still there, then LA Knight goes to the main roster because they're still keeping it up. But if they're moved out, LA Knight can't go up because he's the draw now. You, so you see him like he could easily be positioned as like the face of NXT, or at least the antagonist of NXT. He could be the next uh, class, next like like him and Cross era. and guys like that. Yeah, Cross. You got uh, uh, Austin Theory could start moving up once Gargano goes away. He becomes his own thing. I can see Loomis as uh, well, right? There we go, Loomis. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I have one last name. I can't think of his name. To the moon. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Yeah. There you go. Like and and Escobar your... for that too, really. Those could be yeah. all your main eventers this time next year, mm-hmm. and I think that would be fine. And that would I could easily see that as NXT for the future if they don't get poached, which I know is the thing, because apparently Karrion Cross is going to go to the main roster, blah, 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 blah. He'll be fine. The stuff like that, it'll, it'll work. So, yeah, it is, we said, learn the business. They do go through and they learn kind of the, the positioning of the cameras and such. They do mimic that as part of the, the learning process. So, yeah, it'll, it'll do nothing but benefit, and actually it'll help the younger guys learn from a guy like him because he's not like he's a green rookie or anything. He knows what he's doing, so. It's, it's going to be good, I feel. And I think we can end it on that positive note. What do you guys think? Anything else you want to bash about Vince or just keep on positive stuff? CT? 
uh, subscribe to New Japan World on the first of the new month. You can watch all of the New Japan Cup. You get Sakura Genesis. You get a lot of tours. Good stuff's coming. Subscribe on the first, though, because you, then you'll be charged. won't be charged for this month. So, so, Sakura Genesis, that's going to be where the New Japan Cup winner faces the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, correct? That is where we're getting Ibushi versus... Uh, well, Osprey, we're getting the new member of the United Empire. We're getting Rapongi K back together. It's good stuff. You'll like it. You don't have to watch it live at 1 a.m. too. You can watch it the next day. It's no, but if you do, you can watch it when GMC probably watches it. Or no, CT. <laughs> CT I get absolutely. You, join yeah. me in live event. Yeah, CT. <laughs> I said the wrong name. It's great. Uh, but I was going to mention as well, new title belt, even right. You hopefully will be getting this new title belt. They said so. That Jay White as a heel wants to split up whenever he wins it. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll get there. God, if they do that, it's going to be a messy, messy no, they're situation. Not gonna, it's, oh, it's horrible. Oh, it, already, it already is. Everyone hates it. Oh, Everyone hates oh. it. Jimishi, anything else you want to say after this epic length of a podcast we've done tonight? Uh, can't wait for the all-week wrestling with just nonstop shows with WWE when the mania hits because we're going to have, what, Thursday, or Friday Night SmackDown and multiple nxts the hall of fame oh my god it's gonna be crazy right now it's rumored at nine straight days and why i say rumors because the thought of nxt changing to tuesday nights would continue that pattern also after the raw after mania we go right into tuesday of nxt well, i mean there, there's gonna be tuesday for impact or power anyway because they're already happening tuesdays so there, there's guaranteed stuff. But you just mean WWE. That's nuts. oh, there's literally nine days of WWE content coming. Oh my god, Red, is that enough? Do you do you want more? Or are you gonna watch all that? How, how do you feel about that? Oh, I'm gonna watch every single minute of it. <laughs> there's like you, there's NXT UK in the middle of the day, even for crying out loud, right? So that prelude thing they're doing with Walter and Rampage Brown. Walter's in America. It's great. Jordan Devlin too. Uh, Bear me. What do you think about those guys being here for positivity to end? Oh, dude, Walter being here is freaking amazing. Maybe I'll finally get a Walter Balor match. Probably not, because it'll be Ciampa, but it'll still be great, because Walter's great. <laughs> um, Devlin being here is amazing, too. Him versus Escobar is going to um, its gonna be a hell of a match. Probably be one of the matches of the night for uh, TakeOver. Of the so. night, oh, of the week, of the nine days. It's longer than a week. That's longer than a Miz title reign. God. I kind of... Oh. Hear me, I, I think you should actually be... <laughs> I think he should be happy because if uh, Ross beats Balor, Balor becomes a free man for after this takeover. Mm. That is true, and they'll probably, whenever they do a is, UK takeover, they... I could see Walter versus Balor. Doesn't he do a match? Wasn't he supposed to, and then COVID hit? Yes. He was literally were, with his passport ready to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, you might get Imperium came out and attacked him. Yeah. Because I thought I thought the Balor was going to be the guy to beat Walter for that title anyway. It still could happen, so we'll see. It's a dream of mine. Well, let, let's leave with that dream at the top of the card. Thank you everybody for joining us. Thanks guys for this uh, this almost two hours, if I'm correct, looking at the time. This went longer than we thought, but I hope everybody enjoyed it and got to hear a little bit of everything, which is always our intent. That is it being bi-weekly, which we plan to maintain, but you never know. There might be eight things that happen tomorrow, and then we have to come back next week. I doubt it, but you never know. It's that season. So thank you, everybody, for GMSG, Red, CT, and Beer Me, and myself at the top of the card. Thanks for watching. Have a good night.